Okay, welcome to Tall Hungry Girl Talks. This episode is humorously titled, What the F Am I Doing With My Life? (laughs) Um, It's going to be entertaining, but it's also going to be really informative because I feel like it's a question that so many of us are having right now. Um, I have a returning guest, Natalie Iannone. She is a strategic coach, speaker, and founder of Turn It On. She serves as an educator, mentor, and strategist to ensure her clients are truly embracing their potential and continuing to hone their own definition of success, not just accepting the one handed to them. She brings more than 20 years of inspiring leadership and people service experience with a specialty in learning and development. Her expertise and focus lie in mentoring, coaching, strategic planning, leadership development, and effective communication. Um, Lastly, she creates a partnership with clients that foster discovery and energizes them to lean into their personal strengths and values. Welcome, Natalie. It's so great to have you back on the show. Thank you. I mean, the title, like, I, I, the reason why I called this episode, What the F Am I Doing With My Life, is because I think it is a question that I continuously ask myself, um, even at the age of 38. And, you know, I, I, I love my full-time job. I love my podcast. But I think in so many other areas, I'm like, am I doing this life right? Like, I don't know. But... In, in just having conversations with different people about this, one of the things that was continuously, that we continuously talked about is, are people putting too, emph- too much emphasis on finding your purpose and on your job? Like, if you think about our parents' generation, they were really anchored into having jobs long-term because they had retirement plans, they had great benefits, so there wasn't a lot of incentive to hop around and so maybe they didn't necessarily feel a purpose but they were incentivized by being able to provide for their families and stuff like that well when you take away all of those anchoring factors people want an, an emotional tie to it so do you think that we are putting too much emphasis on our purpose like is that a a woo woo <laughs> A woo-woo word like we were talking about earlier. No. um, Well, first, I want to say that the the title of this had me smiling as well because (laughs) I agree with you 100%. Everyone, including myself, when we go through transitions, are thinking like, what the F am I doing? Is this right? Is this wrong? And um, it's fitting, especially for right now, because a lot of people are thinking, what am I doing? What's next? Um, in terms of the different generations, you know, and and thinking about how our parents, grandparents lived and worked versus now, it is significantly different. You know, I, I think about the day and age now of saying, I'm striving for my purpose. Well, it's almost like there's been an unconditioning that has been conditioned for so long. And so I, I wanna make sure that I'm, I'm clear on how I'm saying this. Um, you know, it used to be a time where you just did your job, you put your head down and you get the work done. And we have been in a realm of empowerment. 
And in that empowerment allows us to start thinking a little bit more and start getting more curious about ourselves and start connecting things in ways that we haven't connected them. And so through this curiosity comes, oh, well, what is my purpose or what are we here for? You know, and so I don't think that there's anything. I think it's wonderful, actually, because it's a transition and it's cool that you're able to kind of look in the past and see, wow, this is how it's already been always been. And we see this shift and transitioning happening to more of an emotional space and people are hungry for that. And and yeah. Do you think that we are setting ourselves up for failure, though, in that thought process? Because I think part of my struggle is that. I'm like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Like as if there is some yellow brick road that is predetermined for you of what you're supposed to be doing. And I think what one of the things that I realized is like, I think the, really this last year is that maybe I, I'm not a doctor and my, you know, my focus isn't singularly to help patients and right. you know, whatever but I will try to bring light to every place around me. Maybe that is my purpose is like shining light and that, you know, I have a full-time job that's very stable. It may not bring me roses and sh sunshine every day, but I love the people that I work with. So maybe I'll try to bring light to that. Right. Do you think that we should have a singular purpose? And like, is that like a setup for failure for like mental health failure? Yeah, so I guess that lies in the beholder, right? So, I mean, if you are someone that feels like, oh, if I'm striving for my purpose, I'm gonna fail because that's not what I'm supposed to be doing, then yeah, you're gonna have that moment yeah. of hitting rock bottom. But like, I love what you just said when you said, well, I mean, my purpose could be shining my love and light wherever I go, it, that's my purpose and that's how I end up working in it, you know? Um, so essentially, whether you're in a position at a job does not mean that you cannot be in your purpose and doing your purpose. Yeah. It might not be the job. Yes. <laughs> it's what you're doing in that job. Yes. Yeah. And um, I, I want people to hear that again. <laughs> yeah. That it may not be the mission of that job. No. But what you are doing in that job, whether that could be like mentoring young, like I have definitely like paid attention to the younger staff on my team, especially the women. I mean, the men too, but I realize that the women often need more. They're, they're not always given the guidance. And so that I've turned that into my purpose at my job wow. as a manager. Right. So, but do you, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry okay. about that. <laughs> um, so what if people don't feel any purpose at all in any aspect of their life? Like what is, what is your suggestion for that? Well, if they're not feeling it and they don't want to feel it, then and they're living life in the way that they want to continue living your life that way. But I would say that the people that are striving for it and looking for their purpose and and feeling like I need to know you had asked earlier about a singular or non singular. Yeah. And, and I think that there's so many variables to that. So um, singular would limit us. Yes. You know, and there's purpose for us being here. And then there's also purpose for us and what we're supposed to be doing and serving to others. Yes. And so that's more than one right there. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's other little nuggets all throughout that when it comes to the purpose of what we're supposed to be doing. And some people, I think, 
you know, a lot of times I think we look at like our purpose as it's supposed to just feel good and be yeah. good and everything's just supposed to be just rainbows and butterflies. Mm -hmm. And that's, I don't think that's necessarily the case. You know, I mean, I think about doctors, you had mentioned doctors earlier, having a doctrine in something, but I think about doctors in particularly, they, they, their purpose, they feel their purpose in life is to, you know, help people get better and, and serve people in that way. But what's, what's the result of that? And are there other things that end up having to be contradicted because of them serving their purpose? And so is there a takeaway with that giving? You know, um, and so a lot of times I think that people might misunderstand themselves even when they're trying to say, am I living my purpose? Am I supposed to be doing my purpose? Because this doesn't necessarily feel right. Sometimes when we're in our purpose, it doesn't feel good all the time either. You yeah. know? And so I think we always strive for that, but it's not to get misunderstood by yeah, it's a question that I think carries a lot of weight mm -hmm. to it. And um, like my dad would always say, like, find a way to like be of service to others, because in that you will find meaning and value and stuff like that. Like, like, I don't I think that part of my being here is to is to interview other people like yourself to tell their stories and to tell stories. Um, that maybe is like a little piece of my pie of being a purpose, mm -hmm. of having my purpose or whatever. But I don't know, I think I'm probably like a, a pie with many different flavors. Yeah. <laughs> that's like what my purpose looks like. Yeah, no. And that, do you think that's okay? Is it, that okay for yeah. people? I, I mean, I would, first of all, I would never judge on whether if someone has one or 50, but, you know, if you're feeling drawn and called to doing something and you can see, I mean, even because we're face to face, seeing you light up, even in saying that, lets you know that it's a calling, it's a hunger, it's a pulling towards yeah. something. You know, uh, I, I also would say a lot of times when people are trying to search for their purpose and what that is, um, and maybe this is something that, that we might dive into a little bit later, I don't want to get too far ahead, but, you know, when you think about... Um, okay, my purpose is, how do I figure that out? What is my purpose? Yeah. And here's oftentimes what I see happening. Um, and, and I've done, I'm also guilty as charged with this. Um, we close our eyes and we envision ourselves doing something and we see it and we feel it and we breathe it and it feels so good. And we say, that's it. That's it. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. It, as if it's singular. Yeah. 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 And, and, and okay, and it, even if it wasn't, say that there yeah. was multiple things, but yes, if, it, if that is it. And then I call my girlfriend up and I say, oh my gosh, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I need to leave my job and go and seek this and do this because this is what I'm supposed to do. And then the girlfriend on the other line says to me, are you sure you want to do that? I mean, there's some risk that might be happening with that. Like you might lose your benefits. You might. And so then begins being very logical in the space of what I felt very called to do. So then what does that do to the purpose that I just found? Yeah. It completely shifts. And now, oh, wait, she's right. I can't do that. I can't mm -hmm. take that leap. I can't take that jump. And so we seek outside of ourselves and try to hear it from others when, how would anybody else truly know what's best and what is meant for us other than ourselves? Mm -hmm. Yet we've learned how to ask and seek. And be directed by others. Instead of yeah. seeking from within. So when you are working with clients, say I was coming to you. Yeah. And I said, Natalie, 
what the F am I doing with my life? (laughs) Help me, help me find my purpose. What is the process? Because this is what you do for a living. Like, what is the process Mm -hmm. that, like, what are some of the first three questions that you would ask me to help me kind of hone in on that? Yeah, so um, I think that there's a couple of different processes, and I will tell you that it's not a one-size-fits-all. Yes, thank you for Um, that. Yeah. So I think part of it is self-discovery. And so a lot of questions that I would end up asking would be around, you know, when is the last time that you felt that you were really doing something that you were called to do and felt more hungry after you did it? What, What did that look like? What did it feel like? What did it sound like? so that they can begin finding their own discovery. Because a lot of times when people come to coaches, they're like, you're gonna have a plan for me, right? Just give me the list and I'm gonna check it off and we're gonna do it. And while I would love that to be the case, (laughs) because sometimes it would almost be easier to do that, it is truly about going inward. And so it's more of a directive to be able to help them explore internally And that doesn't mean that I don't layer in my intuition, that I don't, you know, if I feel something or see something or hear something, that I won't have that, you know, response with them. But first and foremost is self-discovery and setting them up in a position where you're asking curious questions to yourself. And, um, And really that's done through activities. There's a couple of different activities that I give for them to do either a vision work Um, And some people are not very visual, so it depends. It really depends on the client that I'm working with on how we can get them to really go in and start seeing and not seek. Okay, good, good. Um, I like that. So I think, you know, millennials get so much attention. I'm an an elder millennial, (laughs) is what I call myself, at the ripe old age of 38. Um, And our generation has been the focus of a lot of studies. Gallup recently did a study that said more so than ever in the history of corporate culture, employees are asking, does this organization value my strengths and my contributions? Does this organization give me the chance to do what I do best every day? Uh, Because for millennials, a job is no longer a job. It's their life as well. So, going back to kind of what we talked about in the in the beginning are we putting too much emphasis on this of of just satisfaction is it okay to just go to your job and be like that was cool i didn't it wasn't amazing and then go home like i think people feel almost stress of just living i don't want to say a mediocre job but like what how should how should people feel about that what what is your opinion on that yeah I mean it's it's one of those things where I never want to put a um, helmet or a ceiling on that because essentially people are feeling what they feel for a reason Mm -hmm. you know and even right now in this day and age it's almost very hard to separate home from work yes because a lot of us are the kitchen is in your face that's right yeah you know so the separation of that is really hard what i would say though just as you were talking about all of those aspects of what you know generate the current generation is striving for a lot of what you said is emotional and there's emotional connections to that and so I guess more of what I would offer is the question, the curiosity, not only from the person asking those questions of, is this job right for me? Are they, you know, giving me what I need or am I just basically wasting my time? Or am I not doing this right for myself? 
but it's, it is asking more of the questions of what am I needing in myself for this emotion, for the, this emotional aspect. I'm wanting more coaching. I'm wanting more mentoring. I'm wanting more solid conversations with my leaders and with people that are supposed to be mentoring me in the organization, and I'm not feeling that I'm getting that. It's not wrong to feel that. It's absolutely right, but it's also a question to ask yourself, where in my life am I hungry for this type of thing because it's not just in your job yeah you know that's just that's one component of it and that's what i was thinking about when you were saying yeah um, like the main so in the gallup study they were saying that millennials are not pursuing job satisfaction they're pursuing development yeah so they want to grow that's as right, humans hungry. yeah mm-hmm. millennials don't want bosses they want coaches mm-hmm. um which is can be tricky because like you know discipline and stuff like that oh i immediately thought of dirty dancing don't put baby in the corner (laughs) (laughs) yes i remember in at the beginning of my career i i think that some of the issues that you see with younger employees not like taking discipline although i think it varies but it was hard it was hard for me to kind of like understand that discipline was a necessary thing and you didn't like how they talked to you, but, you know, and so it's like that shift that's, you know, that's happening. But millennials don't want annual reviews. They want ongoing conversations. And millennials don't want to focus on their weaknesses. They want to develop their strengths. And all of these are so idealistic. They're very emotional based. Is the workforce, do you see that it's changing from, um, I don't want to say more logical because to take emotion, but do you see the workforce shifting where emotions are becoming more and in, in a more important part of, of work? Yeah, it's the actually workplace. a great question. I will tell you more than ever, Most more recently, I've had more and more phone calls from organizations that are looking for coaches for that exact reason, more so because of the transition that's happening from home to work or being at home with work and you know just the changes that have happened um so i i at the end of the day there's going to have to be a shift it's not going anywhere and so it's interesting because even listening to you the way that you um read the gallup thing it almost kind of can feel like a jab a little bit like what are you trying to say are we needy or something yes you know and it's not and yes we are Well, here's the thing. I think that we all are to a degree. The thing is, maybe those have been suppressed. Has allowed yes suppression, and now we've been empowered. And mm. because of that empowerment, it you know some people would call it entitlement, empowerment. However you want to, you know, judge it. The reality of it is, there's going to have to be a shift because we are in more of an emotional state. We are collectively the younger generations and those under the millennials that are coming up even if you take the generations out of it collectively there's more emotions that are going on and you ha- companies and businesses organizations are gonna have to get on board with that i think a huge missing link in most places is wanting to be vulnerable enough to be influential to the people that they're around and it is just a trend that vulnerability people try to show up and be vulnerable but it's it's a there's a there's still this like shield over that vulnerability Mm -hmm. and so a lot of i mean the the thought that came to my mind is it would be nice if leaders would step back and when they're dealing with someone that is emotional or wanting ongoing conversations because why wouldn't you 
about yourself and how you're doing and how you can continue to grow, if they would stop and ask themselves for a moment, what am I seeing myself in this? How am I seeing myself in this? You know, if they're needing the emotional aspect, what part of me am I missing from the emotional place? Because why is this irking me, basically? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and when we stop and look inward to be able to say, what am, what am I missing emotionally? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so um, same thing for the person that's needing the, the, the growth and the conversations. If I'm needing this growth, what is my boss or whoever that's not having these conversations with me? What is it that I'm needing to discover in myself to not need this as much, mm -hmm. you know, but there's not that curiosity that happens. What ends up happening is we point fingers at each other and say, you're not enough. You're not enough. I blame you. I, you know, and then it's the shame and blame game yeah. that goes on instead of actual yeah. growth, but businesses will have to get on board. Yeah. I, so I work for a very large government consulting company and I'm actually very impressed with how they are on board with yeah. it. And they do encourage, like, I try to, you know, I do monthly touch bases with the people that I manage and stuff like that, and especially during COVID. And, you know, if I see that someone may not be performing well, I'll ask them, how are you doing? What is going on? Like, and I'll try to start it with that instead of paying attention to the work. I'll focus on like the emotional part and then you'll get why it's being, you know, the work is being impacted. Um, but I, you know, but so yeah, I see, I do see like the, the whole, the, the emphasis of purpose and wanting a better work environment is impacting the overall work environment. Yeah. People don't want to be taught in toxic environments anymore. And I, and it seems like there's like almost a parallel with like, the Me Too movement about how women have been empowered to like speak up. Mm -hmm. I think that younger people have been empowered to speak up and be like, okay, this isn't this isn't what I want. Sometimes it, it, it can drive me a little crazy because I'm yeah. like, know your place. I'm the boss. Right. Totally. <laughs> but I, I try not to carry that attitude. I, you know, try to shape things in, in ways. Um, I get yeah. that. But yeah. with empowerment comes with, you know, it's a twofold. There's always the double-edged sword on that. Yeah. Um, so I guess going back to like the advice aspect of coaching someone who is maybe at a mediocre job yeah. or, you know, is either starting the workforce or has maybe worked in a job for a while and they're just not getting a lot of fulfillment out of it. Mm -hmm. um, what, what What is your advice to them? Yeah, so... Um, a couple of things. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is really identifying what about the position, the role is uncomfortable for you. You know, what is it that you're not getting fulfillment out of? And then also having um, the another, I guess, column, you could say, to be able to say, what am I gaining from this, this company? What am I valuing? here mm -hmm. what's it doing for me and then look at it mm -hmm. you know because a lot of times we like do all this analyzing in our head we process and then you put it on paper and they're like oh yeah why didn't I just do that so I could see it for myself you know so that that would be one thing is to just really truly look at it and then take the the glasses that you have on that you're seeing that certain lens through of aggravation of unfulfillment of 
whatever, and then put on a new lens and a, a, a non, an unsubjective lens to be able to say, you know, if I could see myself anywhere, what would I be doing? And is anything in this doing it for me? Uh-huh. And if it's not, you don't see it, then you then start reflecting on what is it that I want to do, you know? But a lot of people hold themselves back from even going there because of fear. Yeah. And so I think too, like what I was talking about before, like having multiple pieces of a pie. Yes. I have noticed that I am happier now because I have my full-time job that I'm getting management experience. Yes. I love my coworkers. And then I have my podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I'm on the U of O board of directors. And so I'm getting to like mentor students. You're feeding and your so, hunger. Yes, I'm, I am feeding my hunger. That's right. And so do you like, encourage do you, that. yeah, do you mm -hmm. encourage people that like, if you're unhappy, for me, it's made my full-time job more enjoyable because I'm doing other things I really, really love. Not that I don't love my job, but it's like bringing more joy to other aspects of my life and so it's making me overall more happy so do you would you recommend that maybe people get a hobby like yeah i mean i i encourage not I, to mask it yeah no not not at all but i encourage people to find what brings them joy and fulfillment and and also see how that can actually be part of their workspace and it's funny because when you're talking about that i'm thinking to myself, okay, so she's able to be in her purpose and her job is serving that purpose because essentially your job is paying you so that you can then not only give into your job, but also give into these other projects. And so it's almost a gratitude of what you're doing at work formulates because it's helping serve a purpose that's taking us. Honey, that is a word right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it's true, though. That is exactly what it is. But people aren't always um, allowing themselves to, because when you're in a victim mindset, like if you're in, a, I'm not happy, this isn't okay, this isn't where I want to be, it's very hard to go and like see it from a bird's eye view of, hmm, what is this really doing for me? Yeah. And so a lot of it is just reframing. You know, I mean, honestly, a lot of work that I do with people is reframing, putting on a new lens, seeing things from a different perspective. And in doing so, your energy begins to shift. You know, you started recognizing, okay, this brings me joy doing this. And it brings me so much joy. I also can see how I can do this in my job too. Mm -hmm. And how I can start bringing that light with me everywhere I yeah. go. But if people are stuck and they're not wanting to get out of that, what I would say is yes, encourage, encourage yourself, give yourself the space, the time to get present and think about and consider what do I want to do? What will bring me joy and yeah. fulfillment? And it may not be the Netflix series. It could be getting out and, you know, doing something that yeah. serves others. Because I will say, I do truly believe in my heart of hearts. We are all perf purposefully placed here in the perfect time to serve in some way. And by serving in your true purpose, it will, you will receive that joy and fulfillment back. Yeah, I love that. That's great. <laughs> um, so do you have any last, I mean, I feel like we could end there and that would just like perfectly capture everything. Um, but do you have any last thoughts for people? You know, more than anything, what I would suggest to people is allow yourself the time to be in the present and allow yourself time to focus on yourself 
and not necessarily seek. Um, you know, we're in a perfect place right now, and I know it's challenging, especially for people that are at home and they feel confined and they're used to being very extroverted and out and doing things, but use this time to your advantage to seek within, to start focusing on what will bring you joy. And the first thing starts with a vision. Mm -hmm. That vision becomes matter. That vision becomes reality if you allow it to be. But if you seek everywhere else to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Natalie. This has been such a great conversation. Tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me on www.turnitoncoaching.com or you can reach me via email at natalie.turnitoncoaching.com. Thank you. Awesome. And you can find me at tallhungrygirl.com and on Instagram at tallhungrygirl. And then my podcast, Tall Hungry Girl Talks, is anywhere that you um, listen to your podcast. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, and then, of course, on my website as well. Um, so thank you. I hope everyone has a great day. Bud.